This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, September the 10th, as we come off an off day yesterday for the Phillies, a much needed off day. As we know, the Phillies have been grinding ever since missing that week, uh, coming off a doubleheader, obviously, on Tuesday. It has been a lot of games in a short period of time, and that doesn't change for the rest of the season, as believe it or not, the Phillies only have one more off day scheduled all season long, and they could lose that off day depending on things shakes out. Obviously, rain delays, all that rain, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the next time the Phillies are off is Thursday, September twenty fourth, the last uh, day before their last series of the season. They will end the series the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, end the season. Excuse me, in Tampa Bay. So the Phillies are playing straight through from now until the twenty fourth, and that includes. Multiple doubleheaders this week, as we know, this week and, and, you know, weekend. As the Phillies are about to embark on a seven-game series in Miami, Thursday, two on Friday, Saturday, two on Sunday, one on Monday. Um, Now, this is obviously frustrating that it's scheduled this way. They do um, lose out on some home games here, as, you know, it should have been. They only got the three at home against Miami, but I guess for ease of schedule, they will play seven here. Um, in Miami against Miami. So a, a big stretch of baseball coming up here, a frustrating stretch. I guess the home field advantage less important um, than in years past, obviously. But they still have to travel, still have to stay down there. Again, a seven-game series in five days, the first and only seven-game series I know of, uh, I suppose other than a playoff series that goes seven. Um, in this case, seven straight, same place, same team, and it couldn't. Becoming at a more important time as uh, the Phillies, the Marlins, the Braves all battling it out at the top of the NL East as the Mets and Nationals have fallen back. Obviously, the Nationals particularly struggling this season as uh, they have had a, a rough go of it um, and uh, substantially behind the other teams. Only a couple behind the Mets. The Mets, uh, you know, a few back as well as... Um, Look, it's getting close. You know, when we look at the Phillies sitting at 21-18 and 18, heading into this series, uh, there are 21 games left in the season. <laughs> I mean, that's it. We're there. 21 games left. The Phillies obviously current a playoff, currently a playoff team that is huge, that is needed, but this is a monster, monster series. So coming up in a few, we're going to preview that series really look at the Marlins look at this matchup and then I also want to take a a grander look at the schedule the last 21 games of the season how they shake out we just talked about the only off day Uh, but in terms of uh, matchups and how it shakes out and what it can mean for the Phillies but first quickly just um you know something we talked about yesterday but I just want to get back to it quickly before we look at um the situation with the bullpen 
as you know, obviously we, we got into it a little bit yesterday, but you know, um, after a night of sleep, uh, thinking more on the bullpen as it is something that has been far too often on my mind and, you know, concerning me and all that, as I'm sure it has for all Phillies fans. But, um, ultimately I just, it's frustrating as we talked about, because we know that this team outside of the bullpen is a, is a quality team. I mean, they are, they're, they're a good baseball team. And we talked the other day about how, you know, they're certainly the, the best group that we've seen in the last few years here in Philly, probably since 2011 in Philly. Um, they win games that, that last year's squad the year before would not have won. Um, they fight, they fight, they, they have gotten, uh, it's certainly the best offense we've seen here in a long time. Um, since 08, 09 range, probably, um, it's it's a damn good offense. It's an offense that you can go to war with, you can compete with, you can win with. Now, the problem is when you get to the playoffs, it becomes a lot tougher to win with offense. I mean, just historically speaking, you know, that that's an old adage for a reason that pitching wins in October. And we see it year to year, it's a lot harder to win with the long ball. It's a lot harder to win with a juggernaut offense. You really need to be able to pitch. Now, one good thing that we've talked a lot about, but come October does matter for this Phillies offense, is the fact that they are an offense that can manufacture runs. You know, they're not a, a offense that, like in recent years, has relied completely on the home run. They are a team that can move guys around the bases. They run the bases. They steal bases. They bunt. They play small ball. They do all that type of stuff when needed, and then they got a lot of guys who can get hits. But they also drive the ball. They're hitting the ball the opposite field. I mean, you got guys in the lineup who, um, you know, they step to the plate, you're not seeing a home run swing every time. I mean, Alec Bohm is a perfect example of just a pure hitter. He's a guy who goes up there and takes the ball where it needs to go. We've seen Segura be so much better at that this year. I mean, Hoskins is obviously hitting some home runs, but has started to take the ball to all fields. The offensive approach with this team has been just fantastic compared to years past. And, I mean, I talked about it the other day, but even something as, as simple as you know, watch every guy on the team when they have two strikes on them, they choke up on the bat. I mean, they shorten their swing. You know, that's fundamentals type stuff that we haven't seen here in recent years. And I do think that's a credit to Girardi. It's a credit to Joe Dillon. It's a credit to that staff that they have, you know, placed some importance on those things. You know, things that, that do matter and that kind of this organization has gotten away from. You know, with the the heavy lean towards launch angle and hitting the ball out of the ballpark and analytics and all that type of stuff, I think they they kind of lost their way a little bit. And it's not all Gabe Kapler. I think it was an organizational thing. You know, from Matt Clentak all the way down. And I think that Girardi and Dylan and this group of guys coming in here have kind of changed that approach in a, in a real positive way. And I, I think it's really benefited this offense. It's benefited this team. And look, they're a lot more fun to watch because of it too on a very basic level. I mean. Watching guys swing for the fences and either strike out, hit one, or, or not um, is not a lot of fun. It's just not a lot of fun to watch. And this team is a lot more fun. They are exciting. They're an offense that can manufacture, can create. And that's really exciting, and it's a really good thing, and it's something you want, you know, obviously on your baseball team. But, again, when you get to October, you need to be able to get outs. And... I feel incredibly confident that Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler will get out in October. I feel good about that. I feel good that you'll at least get something from Zach Eflin. Maybe not everything, but something. And I hope that Spencer Howard in the next 21 games can get himself where he needs to be. Look, Arietta, you know, I don't want that guy pitching in a playoff game, but, you know, had a great outing his last outing. You know, has, has had a couple good starts this year. But 
ultimately, you know, you got two guys at the top and you got an offense that can rake. I mean, that's a recipe for success. You know, look, that's really what the 08 Phillies did to win a World Series. You know, they had a, one guy at the top and, and solid guys all around, maybe more consistency throughout that starting rotation. They had a great offense, and you know what else they had? They had a shutdown bullpen. Brad Lidge, Ryan Madsen, Romero, all those guys played such a massive role, and we remember it. In the 2008 Phillies being as good as they, they were in winning, this bullpen ultimately is going to be this team's Achilles heel. And that's what we keep coming back to, and it's a shame, but I just don't see how this team is making a, a real run in October. They can win a series. Who knows? Some magic can happen. You know, they could maybe win two. You never know, especially if they don't face the Dodgers in the second round, which if everything played out to form um, and the favorites won, uh, they would be facing the Dodgers in the second round. If it all shakes out this way, look, they could still win the division. They can. There's a lot of other factors here. We don't know what seeding is and all that, but um, regardless, I mean, they can they – can, you know, play in the playoffs. They can show up and, and have some success, but ultimately, you know, this bullpen is just not good enough. And again, now there is, if you want to find a, a reason for optimism, some some hope out there. And again, look, this bullpen does not give you hope. They have an over a 70 RA as a bullpen. The staff as a whole is an ERA over five. You don't see many teams win in big ways with starting rotate with uh, pitching staffs like that. I mean, you just don't. And, um, in terms of optimism, or, or if there's hope, and I said this a bit yesterday, but the idea that, look, some of these guys in this bullpen certainly have proven at the major league pit level that they are better than they are showing right now. David Phelps, I think, is the, the quintessential example of a guy who's been awesome for a year plus in Milwaukee. He's just been a, a great major league reliever, and then he comes here and he can't get anybody out. I mean, it's it's crazy. It is, uh, it's hard to process. It, there's not a lot of reason that you can point to for it you know it's it is a it's a head scratcher and you hope that phelps can figure it out and be a weapon for you you know brandon workman was one of the best relievers in baseball numbers wise for a year comes here and and look he's settled down he's looked better the last few outings but comes here and it's just you know headache after headache it's just so struggle you know so frustrating but again he's looking better heath Embry has been better than he's been with the Phillies. He's been a dumpster fire with the Phillies, but is not a, a great pitcher. David Hale's not a great pitcher. But these guys at least have had some success in Major League Baseball. You know, certainly, you know, Heath Embry has definitely had some success in Major League Baseball. Um, but it seems that that in this pen for this team, they, they can't get the job done. Actor Neris, you know, been better um, as of late. Had a you know rough outing a couple ago. Last one wasn't perfect, but got you know, no runs. We'll take it. Um, but was awful earlier in the year. And but again, Hector Neris, we know we've that one we've seen with our own eyes. We've seen it multiple times where this guy can go through rough stretches and then figures it out and is a really good major league reliever, a, a guy you want in your bullpen, not even a guy you have to have, a guy you want in your pen. And then look, the the JoJo Romero's of the world. We've seen more good than bad with him. We haven't seen him in a ton of high leverage spots, but we've seen more good than bad with JoJo Romero. That's a a positive, you know. And and Blake Parker's been solid for the most part even good for the most part um so there is some level of hope there the idea that some of these guys certainly can get back to being the pitcher they were not long ago in the, in the very recent past in a different uniform in most cases um but again look all we could do is judge the evidence we have and the evidence we have says that ultimately this bullpen will be 
the Achilles heel for this team. Ultimately, this bullpen will be the reason this team, at a certain point, does not move forward. Their season will end because of the bullpen. I mean, that is clear as day in my mind. And look, could other things go wrong? Sure. (laughs) But uh, I think ultimately, if you had to bet on one thing, submarining the season, whenever it does get submarine in the playoffs or whatever, you know, it's a bullpen. And that's just what it is. And uh, again, hope, some optimism that guys can turn around, but it is not a uh, an ideal situation. Um, and we can hope for the best. And we gotta hope that this bullpen can find ways to turn around again. Phelps, Workman, these guys getting back to where they were recently, I think, is your best hope. I think that's something that is believable, is real. I mean, David Phelps is not bad. <laughs> you know, he's been a really good pitcher for a while, and and certainly the last year, a, a high level reliever in major league baseball and um obviously not the case here at all it's been a disaster so you hope those guys can figure it out maybe you can kind of piece it together um and feel somewhat comfortable um look it's a bad bullpen no matter what it's not even gonna be a mediocre bullpen this will be a bad bullpen no matter what heading into the playoffs but maybe you can feel some level of, of more confident in them than we do now but um obviously it is uh it's not been great it has been a frustrating season for the pen, and I don't see it automatically changing. I think, you know, ultimately it will end up being a frustrating season for the pen, and, and we'll feel the results of it, but um, hopefully they can piece it together. All right, let's look ahead to this series because, honestly, I mean, you could really make the case with, with 21 games to go in a seven-game series against Miami, a team that they're battling with for a playoff spot that is right there with them in the standings, um, right below them in the standings, you know, right there. <laughs> Here we are. Very close, these two teams. And um, again, a seven-game stretch that will leave them at the end of this with only 14 games left in the season. So, I mean, we're right there. Or I guess 15 games in the season, excuse me. Um, With 22 left, it'll be 21 after. Uh, No, I was right the first time. Bad math by me. So, yeah, so 21 left right now, starting tonight. So that means after the seven with Miami, it'll be 14 games left in the season. That's it. So this is a massive series. A massive, massive series. All right, looking at the Marlins. Um, the lineup is better than than you would think. You know, they got some guys. And and it's look, it's a better lineup than when they played here the opening weekend of the season. The Marlins took two of three. Um, they went out and got Selling Marte, who is easily the best player in this lineup. A very, very good major league baseball player, an all-star. They made that trade at the deadline. We talked about it. But you look at the lineup that, you know, the top it's solid. I mean, Corey Dickerson leading off. I mean, Corey Dickerson's a good baseball player. We know that. He's a really good hitter. We all liked him here. Uh, Dickerson at the top, then Marte. I mean, that's a tough one, too, at the top. And then you got Jesus Aguilar, um, who has had some monster seasons in Major League Baseball. I mean, Jesus Aguilar, not too long ago, you know, was a a beast for the Brewers, an all-star for them as well, uh, you know, hitting – Home run after home run, and uh, Aguilar has been good for the Marlins. He's batting 278 on the season. He's got 452 slugging. It's not as good as you would hope, but it's good. He's been a good player for them. Five homers on the season. Dickerson, you know, has six homers on the season. The average a little lower than you expect. Um, but he's been solid um, for them. Um, but they have a, a talented, a more talented lineup than you expect. Now, let's not get carried away here. They are not a uh, a juggernaut of any kind. Uh, but after that, Brian, uh, Matt Joyce, usually against righties, Matt Joyce, uh, been around the league forever. Um, it feels like a nice lefty bat against right-handed pitching. Obviously, the Phillies will throw 
a lot of right-handed starters their way. In fact, all right-handed starters, unless maybe, I guess, one of the doubleheaders, it's not going to be Vince, it's going to have to be someone else. We'll see. Um, maybe a, a Cole Irvin or Ranger Suarez start changes that, but it's going to be righties starting against the Marlins. So Matt Joyce, a, a good matchup for them. Brian Anderson having another solid follow-up to his Rookie of the Year campaign, or to his uh, rookie campaign last year, his Rookie of the Year candidacy last year, as Anderson also with six homers, one of the team leaders in home runs this season for Brian Anderson as uh, he's been getting the job done. Um, you know, the average a little low, five homers, excuse me, for Anderson, one behind Dickerson, so um, one off the team lead. Um, you know, you still got Miguel Rojas there. Um, you know, we all remember Rojas, uh, John Birdie at second base, uh, Isan Diaz coming back. I'm, I don't think he'll be back for this series. Jorge Alfaro, of course, we know. Jorge, uh, we know all about Jorge. Um Look, it's not a, a good lineup, but it's not as bad as it's been. You know, there are some guys in that lineup that scare you a little bit. And look, the staff's good. I mean, Pablo Lopez, good pitcher. Sandy Alcantara, good pitcher. We saw it. Jose Arena, serviceable. Sixto Sanchez, son of a... <laughs> I mean, Sixto looks amazing. I don't know if you've been paying attention. He's been awesome. Lights out for the Marlins. Uh, Craig Mish, who covers the Marlins, tweeted the other day something to the effect of, I didn't think I'd ever see a rookie pitcher as good as Jose Fernandez in a Marlins uniform ever again. But here we are, talking about Sixto Sanchez. He's been that good. He's been that dominant. And man, is it going to be... Is it going to be tough? It's going to be tough to watch Sixto going up against this Phillies team. And and I think we're going to hear a lot of... uh, Sign JT chants that we won't actually hear, but we'll be people from home yelling it at their TVs. But, um, I mean, Sixto, a 180 ERA in his four starts. He's been just awesome. In 25 innings, he's got 25 strikeouts and two walks. Great. Sixto's great. Sixto's great. And the Marlins somehow, look, they don't have a great bullpen. Uh, but they've somehow pieced together a better bullpen than the Phillies. Somehow, some way, on less money, less resources. Sure, why not? Why wouldn't they be able to put together a better bullpen? Um, look, here's the thing. Um, it's a massive series. You got Arietta going in game one tonight. Nola in game two. We'll see Wheeler, we'll see Eflin, and then we get some double headers. You know, we will see Howard. We'll see Velasquez. It'll be a question of who starts that other doubleheader. Um, but obviously, seven games to start in a five-day period, so they'll have to figure it out. Um, but we're going to see Sixto. We're going to see Sixto. It looks like Sunday uh, we'll probably see Sixto. Trevor Rogers will pitch in there. He's fine. Acceptable. Um, but this is a real series. That's the thing is, I think that, um, look, the Marlins are nowhere near as talented as the Phillies. They're just not. I mean, Point blank, they're not. Yeah, we just went through them. I talked about how they're they're a nice little offense, and might even be giving a little much too much praise. They're they're fine offense, um, but the Phillies have a real deal offense. Phillies are legit, one of the better offenses in baseball. Uh, there is no one in Miami other than maybe Sixto Sanchez, and he's a rookie. But who's Aaron Nola or Zach Wheeler? Um, the Phillies are a better, more talented baseball team than the Marlins. They should be able to handle this. They should be able to go down there and take minimum of four of seven and really five of five of seven to, to cement themselves. Like if the Phillies take five of seven here, they're in the playoffs, like more or less just locked in. And look, anything can happen. We saw the Phillies 
It was one of the all-time collapses <laughs> two years ago. And last year, we saw him kind of fade down the stretch. So, look, it wouldn't be the craziest thing ever to see the Phillies uh, fade down the stretch. But if they win 5-7 of seven, with 15, or 14 to play after that, I think you're feeling really good about their chances, especially 5-7 of seven against someone competing them directly for a playoff spot. It's a massive series. And again, a Marlins team that gives them trouble. I mean, let's be real about it. You know, let's be honest. The Marlins, for some reason, have been the Phillies' kryptonite the last few years. For some reason, even though the Phillies are more talented year after year after year after year, every year the Marlins continue to confound this team. And we have to hope that this seven-game stretch is different, that this Phillies team that feels different, that looks different, that wins games that other Phillies teams might not have, is not going to fall prey to this same thing with the Marlins. And look, week one, uh, first weekend of the season isn't isn't uh, something that makes you hopeful. I mean, they did lose two or three here in Philly. Boom, done. They lost two or three. That's it. They did. Um, but they're playing much better baseball now than they were then. So you hope that they can turn this around against the Marlins. It's a massive, massive series. Just looking at the schedule in a macro sense, they've got that seven-game series against the Marlins. Um, it is not a super tough schedule, which is good. There are only a couple teams on here that are currently playoff teams. Um, but one of them's really good, and the other's been playing good baseball. So you got the Marlins, uh, seven games, as we know. After that, you come home. You get a three-game series against the Mets. That is nice. That is needed. Mets are beatable. The Phillies can handle the Mets. Now, granted, they only took two or four from them, but the Mets are beatable. But that is going to be a massive series as well, again, with the Mets still hanging around playoffs. Uh, still fighting for a playoff spot, obviously, with so many teams making it. Um, after that, a four-game series against Toronto. This is a tough one. Toronto's been playing really good baseball. They've been a good team. There's also a doubleheader here as well. Um, so a four-game series against Toronto. Another important one is the Toronto is a playoff team right now. They've played really good baseball. They swept the Phillies last time we played them. We know. It is a uh, it is an important series. Then four against Washington. Thank you. Give me all the Nats games we can get. The Phillies obviously have owned the Nationals this season. We will hope that continues. They can finish that out. That'd be huge. And especially, look, with those being four of the last seven games of the season, there is there is absolutely the chance that in that situation, the, the National season is over. Literally over. Like, they could be out of it by then, or certainly for all intents and purposes out of it. So that's a good series to have you like that. And then, look, at Tampa Bay to end the season, that's tough. Don't get me wrong. The Tampa Bay has been one of the two best teams in baseball this year. You know, one of the three best teams. Them, the Dodgers, the Indians, you know, only a couple others. They've been great. They're a great team. Now, what you can hope for is that by then, everything's sewn up. I mean, right now, the American League is like, uh, there's no intrigue. I mean, it, it's pretty much locked in who the eight playoff teams are going to be. I mean, it's it's that much of a gap between the top and the bottom. Um, now, the Rays at the top, top, right there, with the Indians maybe fighting for... Um, the number one seed, but ultimately, especially if baseball is going to do the bubble, and we don't know that for sure. We've talked, they've talked about it and stuff, but if they do do the bubble, home field advantage is completely gone. Like it doesn't mean anything anymore at all. And, oh, and, and regardless, it, it doesn't mean as much as it did before. We know that, you know, um, without fans in the stands, all that stuff. So um, maybe the Rays have less motivation in that last series, whereas the Phillies could be, you know, fighting for a division potentially or whatever. Um, it's going to be fascinating, and and that's why, look, there's these 21 games are crucial, obviously. I mean, that's an obvious statement, but at 21-18, the Phillies sitting in a playoff spot. Um, they need to defend that spot and get there, and look, hopefully you can creep up on the Braves. We talked about it yesterday. Max Fried goes down. There's 
opportunity. They are not far back. You know, this is this is doable. Um, the Phillies just need to win games. They need to keep winning games, and and, and it all starts with this seven game stretch against a team that is has had their number. The Marlins have had the Phillies' number. And this is the ultimate opportunity for the Phillies to completely shift that and change that paradigm and flip it around. And it could be the Phillies thing now. And then the Marlins could worry about facing us. Um, but again, it is it is massive. The playoffs are on the line. This seven-game series, by far the most important series of the season. It's seven freaking games, so it's huge. It's big. It is must-win type stuff for the Phillies. Like, they got to win this series. It's this huge. And they get out of tonight with Arietta. Hopefully, Arietta can show us the Jake we saw in the last outing. The guy who was angry and seemed annoyed that people had called him out. Show me that guy. Give me that dude. As it's a big one. And it's a huge one. And going up against Sandy Alcantara, who uh, did not have a great start, his last start, first start back from the IL after the COVID situation, all that had been out for a while. Didn't look great, um, but uh, looked awesome against the Phillies to start the season. So um, let's hope Jake can handle it tonight. It's a big one. And then tomorrow, doubleheader, and we'll continue to break everything down and, and again, uh, react to this huge, huge seven-game series over the next five days. A lot of Phillies baseball over the next five days. We'll be here to talk about it also until tomorrow. Stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.